Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Approaching Starbase One, sir. Captain Bridge, we've arrived at Starbase One. Acknowledge number one. Hi folks, and welcome to episode 5 of Starbase 1, the dedicated Star Trek Online podcast, dedicated solely to the MMO Star Trek Online. I'm Colin, your host. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Dave, aka Luke Critter. I'm Admiral Aaron, and I'm still from Canada. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Tom can't be with us tonight, because apparently he spent the past two days shouting at people, so he's lost his voice. Um, Not quite sure he's been shouting at, but you know. I'm sure he'll tell us next time he comes on. I would have figured it would have been the uh, Klingon metal that he's been listening at, listening to. Yes, he does like his um, sleep nuts and things like that, does Tom. I think him and Wolf will get on fine with Klingon up. <laughs> uh, what we're going to be covering this week, folks, is we're going to be talking about the new Nebula class updates. Uh, we're going to delve into the lot boxes and the changes to the rules that have happened in the UK, the United Kingdom. Uh, and then we're going to delve around in some other things. Um, if you do want to feedback to us, stay listening till the end of the show. And we'll give you how you can contact us on various social medias. Uh, because we'd love to hear from you if there's anything you want covered in the show. Anything you want us to talk about. Anything you want to highlight about the game or cryptic or anything. Then that's your chance and we can put it into future shows. Or if they have feedback for me, you can just file it in the garbage. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be constructive. So season 20 of Star Trek Online is what we're up to at the moment in our uh, look back. As you know, last week we kind of put it on hiatus a bit because we had a guest. Um, Do you get any feedback on that guest, though? We got all sorts of messages, um, but a lot of it was just asking general questions to Mike. <laughs> oh, so nothing for us. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> no, sort of asking questions. There were people who were saying, oh, it's good to have somebody um, from Cryptic just talk about the game rather sort of than the sort of standard Q&A that a lot of people get. So, um, but uh, yeah, there are no sort of questions for us or anything else like that. Things we do for our art. Right then, we'll delve into season 20. <laughs> so season 20, House Divided, is um, June 30th, 2020. God, is it June? God, this year's this year yes. just flying by. Um, I thought it would... Oh, it's all this extra stuff we're doing because, well, <laughs> we're not doing anything. No, because <laughs> destroyed everything else. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, June. Wow. Anyway, first major update was the Yoda Klingon 
which is set to release this year and as Kyle said last week will carry on into 2021 so it's a year-long thing uh, we also had updates to various models the Klingons got a makeover um, Gen Park looks a lot meaner to me um, we also had motion capture as Kyle talked about again last week and um, we got to meet Jaula and her um, what do you want to call them for want of a better word followers the sons, the sons of, of nine. nine yes and uh, we also had the raging debate on social media about whether Gayron's crossed over into another universe <laughs> because everyone's going that's Gayron it looks like Gayron well yes because it's the same actor but it's different it's a bit like it's a oh, bit like in Deep Space Nine when near, uh, Kira Narisi's grandmother looked exactly the same as her but you know you forgot the most important social media debate killing um Jalula. Everyone wants to kill her. Why can't we just be friends? <laughs> Maybe because she goes around blowing moons. I, I get a little frustrated because depending on the character I'm playing and I'm doing the mission, I kill her outright within three shots. She's definitely dead, but somehow manages to get away every time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's rather annoying when you get her down and the, the thing literally says zero, but she manages to get away. Which happened today when I did my daily. <laughs> we all pulled on top of that. It literally showed zero, and then she flew away and started opening up the rifts. And someone actually put in the team chat box, WTF. <laughs> so. Whatever that console is, I want it. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's it's almost as good as a dev's kill switch. <laughs> it's obviously the opposite. It's the mirror universe version of the dead kill switch. It's the stay alive switch. So I've got a question. How, how many people out of all of us here bought out of the event? I did, because I kind of don't like this event. I oh, know I like the event. I didn't. I did it all every day. I didn't. I didn't buy out of it, but. I did see a lot of comments on social media that they're basically because we're doing they're using the same mission in this event that they used in the last events. Some people weren't very happy about that. Well, I I, I had the lobby to to buy it out, but I chose not to. I mean, a it's not a, I don't find it a very difficult mission, and if you're using uh, one particular science power, um, it's relatively simple because you can wipe out all of the ships before they launch by pressing a single button. Yeah, I guess I guess my problem with it is it's just it's a lot of cannons firing. Like I love I love the map number one. I love the fact that we are flying our ship in low orbit and we're doing this combat in low orbit. But I think my problem is I just find it kind of long. And because I find it long, some days when I'm playing my daily, like I may be only in game for my break, which is like 15 minutes. So I kind of decided to buy out of this one. Yeah, I stuck with it because I'm leveling up uh, a pure Borg build. So what I, I used it to get the, the reputation marks and all that to help them level up and complete the reputation system. So that's why I run it every day because it benefited me to do that. I focused on, I was going to say, but, I focused on using uh, a ships that have the Romulan battle cloak. Um, that made all the difference in the world because you could get in and out of combat without being slowed down by those uh, surface cannons. <laughs> yeah, 
there was times when I was running and I was sort of thinking, I wish I was on a Romulan. The other thing you can do <laughs> to speed it up because... is when you start off, everybody heads to Alpha, but I always head right and take out, I think it's Epsilon. So by the time they've taken out one, I've then taken out the entire Epsilon one, and then I head straight to Delta while everybody else goes to Bravo. So that way, by the time two are down, you've got four down, and it um, sort of halves that part of the mission. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. The, um, yesterday when I did it, two of us went for Alpha. The one guy went for Beta, and the one guy went for Gamma. I say guy, could be girls, I do apologise. Um, and by the time we'd done Alpha, then Beta, and then I thought, okay, I'll swing over to Gamma. And then I got halfway to Gamma, and it come up that he'd done Gamma. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I'll just stay here then. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> does speed it out. Um, you just need people in chat saying, right, I'll head here, I'll head here. But most of the time, people, you say hi, and like nobody talks back. It's like... <laughs> no. There was no communication in this. They just went, we just went for Alpha, two of us. And yeah, two that's what I off. tend to do is I just peel off and then I just go yeah. do Epsilon, do Delta, and then head over to Gamma. But we did, I did it on, um, I did it last Sunday. And the one guy just yeah. had the last crater where there's, there's not actually any bases around. It's just an empty crater at, at the start. The one guy just stayed in that crater. Never moved. Yeah, I hate people who just do that. Yeah, it just he just stayed there. We actually, I actually sent him a message in game saying, "Are oh, you online?" Because I thought he'd gone offline. And then he waited until the very last battle, which takes place in that crater, and then he started playing. Uh, anyone like that? I just report to the GMs and I put in team chat report this person because it's just yeah. laziness and they're just. <laughs> doing absolutely nothing they're not even being part of the active team so i always report them but i have a question does actually does that actually do anything <laughs> if enough people it complain, does then... if enough people do it yeah because they did that thing in me they, they had loads of complaints before about people not to participating so they bought in the code whereby if you don't engage at all you don't get any rewards so that code that they introduced, um, pardon me, I'm a little bit dense when it comes to things like that. Um, so when they introduced it, do they have to, it's it's like, is it a timer thing or is it the whole match? So if they do exactly what your guy was or the person was doing in the last match, they still get the rewards because they participated at the end? In general terms, yes. So they, they've set it up so they can automatically go into the mission. They use a bot to direct them to that location and then they still uh, gain their share of rewards. But that's not always the case for all the missions. Um, unfortunately, it's harder to program something like that. I, what I'm talking about is finding out who's not participating. Yeah, but if you report them to the GM and they get multiple reports of the same person, they can then manually check the logs to find out if they have been doing things and they can then do temporary bans um, based on that. But you need to have multiple people do it in order for them to really pay attention, I would think. But because it's action against somebody else, they'll never tell you what happens. Yeah. So there's yeah, no exactly. way to know for sure. 
So while we're on this thing, because we'll, we'll come back to season 20 as soon as we've jumped onto this now, uh, <laughs> what do you think of the reward? Um, I actually like it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, like... I use it in ground missions. I like it, but confused the hell out of me when I got um, a random TFO, which was the Alarchy ground, and then saw walkers and I'm trying to kill them, but of course they weren't enemies, <laughs> they were other players having their pets. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit, yeah. You've got all these little bots that appear, I'm trying to think what the mission's called, um, where you've got all these rooms to run around and you've got to stop the, like, saboteurs and they get some of the uh, oh yeah, yeah. And the Romulan um, but yeah because yeah, it's the Alachi yeah. that you're against and of course I saw these walkers and thought oh this is new and I'm trying to shoot them and I can't do it I'm thinking why can't I and it took me a few minutes and I'm thinking oh how slow am I <laughs> it's the brand new reward I wouldn't mind I only just got the new reward yeah. the day before as well <laughs> completely forgot about it it's just like oh. yeah I know what you mean. It's when you got to find the skitters and they're up on the roof behind like, the curtains oh, and all duh. that. <laughs> Don't give the devs ideas. Just start putting them in that one. It'll be a nightmare. Oh, but yeah, just um, I was just thinking, why can't I do this? And it's just like, oh, just like uh, face palm. Need a double face palm. See, I like it because it's a combat. It's, well, you actually get both. Pet. So you can give it. You can, you can give it to a two. Get a combat. When I claimed it, I got a combat and a non-combat pet. So you actually got both. Yeah, but you can give it to a two. So you know, if you want to keep like your your horter or whatever, so you can spread them out. Because I've now got I've got uh, two horters and the Alarchics. So we can have if if I'm just playing with my with my tunes on an away team mission. We can have free ground. Well, combat I've actually got now. four combat horters, um, so each of my ground um, bridge officers actually have one. Um, plus, I've also got the tardigrade and the dinosaur with lasers on his head. Um, so when I go into a mission, they're firing off the horters, and that way I've then got the other combat pets that I'm firing off. Um, so it's just continuous that plus I've got engineers so they've put all their other things down <laughs> it's just like <laughs> oh we did that we did the bug hunt I did bug hunts um, earlier and it was all engineers all four of us were engineers and there was so many turrets and pets <laughs> and everything going down that the bugs didn't stand a chance we didn't even have to pull our guns out it's just all the turrets the good thing with bug hunt is you get to that end ledge if you're an engineer thing is i always go with a um, my omega sniping weapon um so i drop all the turrets down the ledge fire off my tardigrade fire off um my dinosaur and then i just snipe them and of course very rarely do all the little bug splat things get to the top of that ledge either so you just sit in there you crouch down you've got it all targeted for your extra um dps hits and yeah you just go away and when you've got multiple people doing that you just sit there and it, it's done so quickly yeah or if you or if you've got um someone who's got the borg um aerial bombardment which oh yeah i've got that as well it follows it <laughs> so yeah, you just see all these really things and that. all these pets and it's just like bye bye 
Yeah, there are a lot of there's so many new options now for ground combat to really not even get involved in ground combat. Uh, my two favorites from the summer: uh, Ball Lightning, can't not have that on every character, and um, the Floor is Lava. That one is I just laugh every time I bring that up, no matter where. I've never actually used that one, the Lava. No, it's really good, Ball is Lava. If you've got a lot of um, things attacking, you just trigger Ball is Lava um, and Ball Lightning at the same time. You don't have to shoot. It'll kill them for you, then, pair. Let's try and remember those two. My favourite part of the uh, the Alachi combat pet, though, is uh, when it decides it's done. <laughs> Why, what happens? Because I hadn't really noticed what happened when they had finished. It explodes. Does it? <laughs> nice. Come on, we could almost guess that was what Aaron was talking about. <laughs> True, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it blows stuff up. <laughs> what, what, what I like about the Alachi pet, it's got that two-minute timer. It stays around and follows you and actually remains longer than most of other pets that you can bring into it. And it'll, until it takes a certain amount yeah. of damage, then it disappears. But uh, I found it to be quite effective in some of the newer missions. It's oh, a bit yeah, slow, so, though. Well, God, could you... you've got the little it's dot... Drone that you can use to try and keep it alive longer because that should actually help heal that. I have not tried that. Yeah, but it, because it moves so slow, sometimes you can be halfway across a map. Yeah, but the drone heals turrets and pets and things like that. It doesn't heal people. So it tends to go round to those items. No, no, I've, I've got that. You can get one from um, K7 as well. Can you? Oh, that's quite correct. Yes, I am Nomad. So I think it's. I think it's fifteen, fifteen thousand if you more somewhere like that. I can't remember. It's been a while, but yeah, you can get you can get the okay. Nomad version from K Seven. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. I'd got the one from the event. So um, season twenty then. So we had um, new patrols, uh, clash above Ciaran, strike at Sea that and truth over Terror. So what do you guys think of these Klingon Civil War um, missions? Well, I like the Strike at Sita and Trouble over Terran. I wasn't a big fan of Clash over Ciron. I think I, it's just because when we played them during the event, um, these were the patrols that I played, but I played the last two opposed to the first one because um, I just found it faster. I don't tend to do patrols that much, but with the DPS that I've been rocking up as well, they just, I head in there, fire off all my torpedoes, and then they're just all gone when it's all the space combat ones. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, bye. The patrols aren't bad. Um, nothing really to talk about in terms of it's different. Uh, they're typical patrols that we've seen before. Yeah, it's, it's a standard five battles, various scans and shoot around a few systems and stuff like that. It's, it, it's nice that they added new material to the game, um, but it'd be nice if I, if I had to do a mission where I didn't have to shoot five things. Because you kind of know going in, okay, I've done three, where's the other two? So also we had uh, Stover Call Saturday started. So on May the 2nd, we had the new Klingon character creation happens. On May the 9th, we had the new Burrell Bird of Play and the Katinga Muggle. May the 16th, we had the new Klingon tutorial cutscene, which is a lot better, by the way. It's a lot, lot better. Uh, May the 23rd, Roar of Plenty got a revamp. May the 30th, Kronos Exchange area. June the 6th, Roar of Plenty got another revamp uh, for the German speakers. 
June 13th, the new Burrell Bridge Zoom background was applied. Uh, the Vulture got Battle Cruiser, and then the updated Ambassador Wharf on June the 27th. Have any of you played a Klingon since they changed yes, at the beginning? I, I have. Uh, I created a brand new character just to go through the revamp. Um, and to be honest, the first uh, handful of missions you go through are, are, are significantly better than the original um, Klingon tutorial. Uh, I would also say that you know, the quality of the models is definitely improved. And I love how they're now swapping out models from previous launches uh, with new updated pieces. Uh, Worf, obviously, um, uh, the Emperor as well. But uh, I've been finding that uh, the actor O'Reilly, who played Gowron, is um, a car. His character is now being placed into future episodes as well. I have actually. That is cool. That really, I've, I've met them at conventions and all the pair of them, and they are. They are really nice people, and they have a terrible sense of humour. They have a very dry <laughs> sense of humour. Yes. Um, I've actually liked the new Klingon um, revamp stuff. I've created some extra characters recently. Um, I think this year I've created seven new characters, because I didn't have enough. Hang on, hang on. Didn't you say a couple of episodes ago, I'm going to concentrate on what I've got and get them all up to max? before I start any new tunes. No, I said I'm concentrating on uh, the recruits to get them all completed. And apart from one of them, oh. um, I've done all the other recruits. So how many tunes um, you got now? I have a total of 58 characters over four accounts. How many strokes have you got? <laughs> I have no idea. Because <laughs> you've got to be getting close to Trogan now. I think he's way up there. <laughs> way up there. Yeah, I think he's I got still have five zombies. more slots on my main account. Ten free slots on my ultimate oh my account, God. and three more slots on my PlayStation 4 account if I can ever play it again. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I actually made a mistake uh, the last episode when I was talking about my alts. I actually underestimated how many I had. I actually have about 12. Oh my god, that's got up. <laughs> I think I'm at the lowest here. <laughs> no, you know, I've only got seven. Oh. But I actually was going through my spreadsheet, um, just updating some of them, and then I realised that I hadn't actually got certain combinations on like the Klingon side and things like that. So it's just like, well, I've got to make sure I've got every species on every faction so had to create some new ones <laughs> i've actually got i've actually got slots because you're obviously because i've been playing since like day one and they when we got when the delta uh, reward dropped we got a slot for the delta player and we've got slots for new characters over the years i've still got three empty slots <laughs> So do, so do we believe that they're going to do another one of those, like the Delta Recruits, or again? I don't know. Um, I think they probably will at some point. Um, with so much new content coming out, I'm sure they'll probably do another half-faction thing like that, um, especially something like the Discovery, where it's just a new introduction, and then it goes into the old content. So I can see them doing something similar to that. 
Yeah, I don't think it'll happen until Europe no. thing goes over. That this will probably no. be at the earliest twenty twenty two. I would think. I'm thinking the same thing. The COVID's thrown a monkey wrench into their production schedule, so yeah, I think they're going to push that back probably till the spring. Yeah, and also they're probably waiting to see. I mean, they probably know, but they might. What comes up in season three of Discovery, they might pursue something along them lines when they've done Year of the Klingon. But, but like Dave said, they've had that much to contend with with the fires and COVID and everything else. So, you know, I don't think I, I don't think they'll be working at full capacity for a while. Well, I I did actually take my um, my severely neglected Klingon character Jantan out of uh, stasis and had him wander around Kronos uh, to see the updates. And I actually liked them as well. I thought they, they made Kronos look a lot better than yeah. it before it did, especially the exchange area. Yeah. I do like the fact that the, the original um, introduction scene, you had to talk to them people around the fire pits between the exchange and yeah. the transporter. Um but now, obviously, you don't have to do that. But they've left them tunes there. And as you go past them, they, they say things as you're walking past them. So they haven't deleted them. They've just kind of changed yeah, it's, the role. Yeah, it's nice. That it's really cleaned up and streamlined the process because you just really didn't need to be going backwards and forwards. And nobody ever learned how to get around Kronos properly during that mission anyway. <laughs> so um, it just made it an awful lot easier no. to complete. Although the, the bar on Earth Space Dock seems to be busier than the bar on Kronos. Well, the Klingon side is never well, played as much as the content on the Federation side. Um, so what about the, the Klingon Civil War story arcs? We had the Sensor Can't Hold and the Kitsuma Discord. What do you guys think well, of Well, I enjoyed them, um, especially the final revelation at the end of the last mission. I'm in the same boat. I um, enjoyed both stories. The the story twist near the end of the second uh, episode was came out of the blue. And uh, although a lot of players didn't quite like that, um, I thought it was original. It was, it was something different, especially for yet another Klingon civil war story. Yeah. And um, the thing is, when you look back at everything else that's happened in that storyline, um, sort of being pretty vague deliberately just for people who haven't fully caught up on the recent missions um, yeah like, um, <laughs> it makes sense and uh, yeah, yeah it, they are both really good stories with a nice twist which we won't spoil um, but yeah they were very well done and um, I kind of liked the way they did it um, without saying what they did i kind of like the way they did it because it was definitely a left field move i like the maps i thought the maps were really well done and they were large maps they weren't like small contained maps so they had a lot of detail in them yeah, yeah and you definitely find out who the villain is <laughs> <clears throat> but we can't say that because we'll spoil it so i like the blob <laughs> yes we know you like the blob. <laughs> yeah uh, I thought that was a really cool uh, effect, and it was like, the blob is chasing us. Yeah, I remember the first time I did I just stood there to see what happened. <laughs> I was just curious. Does it actually kill thought, you? I'll, I'll stand I'll stand in and see what happened. Well, it, yeah, it does. It, 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 well, it knocks all your energy out, and then it, it propels you further on into the map. Because so. it's just, can't, we can't say. Anyway. Uh, so we also got the Romulan episode Turning Point. So have you played these? 
I actually haven't. I was pressing the wrong button. <laughs> so there's a very good chance part of my conversation in this episode, uh, no one will ever hear. <laughs> Anyways, yes, no, I played the Turning Point, um, really enjoyed it, and uh, went back and revisited it a couple of times on two characters, actually. Yeah, they also, we should mention here that they, they streamlined um, the character creation when you first started Toon Up. So when you start from like literally zero and you're picking your, your faction and stuff like that, um, they've retuned that as well. That's a lot cleaner, a lot crisper, uh, and the graphics are a lot better on that as well. Well, I created multiple Gamma, Delta, and Temporal recruits. Now, I had previously gone through and trashed a load of those ones and then recreated them and because... To redo all those unlocks again was just pointless when you've already done it on just one character. So I recreated all those other characters regardless of where they got up to. And um, there are still three characters I haven't done that to. So I've got um, a Klingon and Jem'Hadar because I don't think there's any extra unlocks because I think with the Gamma Recruit, it was the same unlocks for Federation and Klingon. It didn't matter which one you were on. Again, there's no point. So I wanted to just triple check that first. Um, So if that is definitely the case, I'll be removing that one. It's the same with the Delta Recruit. I've got another Klingon one, but I've already got um, a Klingon where I've done that. So again, I don't need to do that again. So I'll probably be deleting that one. And then I've got a TOS Starfleet one. And again, I've already maxed out someone on TOS Starfleet as my 23rd century um, human character. So again, I don't need to do the temporal one again. So again, I just want to double check to make sure there's nothing when I go to the recruit officers to do the unlocks that are waiting to be unlocked once I've done the final recruit, because I've still got a Delta um, recruit that I've got to run a load of the old um, seasons through on that one. I've done all the other unlocks. I just need to complete all the seasons and those missions in order to finish all the unlocks. And if I've then got absolutely everything, and then I'll delete those three, and then I'll recreate them. But definitely felt it easier to go through. Um, and I actually, because of the way it's been updated, I actually found it easier to notice some updates they've done on that. So there were new species you could get on some of the things. Um, I'm trying to think which one it was now. Um, But there were, like on the Klingon side, there was um, a species, I think, that you couldn't get previously and you now could. Um, I'm just having a look at my spreadsheet. just need to remove all the filters and have a look at the ones that I created this year. But, um, yeah, they have actually added some extra options to the character creator as well. Um, which was a nice surprise because I hadn't actually noticed that previously. And I didn't remember seeing anything related to that in like the release notes or anything else. And um, although there were a lot of release notes that I'd missed. Do you play through Arc? Um, 
I've got Ark on my computer, but I've still got the standalone launcher. Oh, okay. Because when they when they changed that, they they put it on Ark. They announced it on Ark. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. I hadn't, so if you yeah, if you play through really, Ark, yeah. you you get the updates as as the screen loads. So that's one. Ark's good for that because it keeps you on top of what's coming up and mm-hmm. what they've changed and stuff like that. Yeah, 23rd Century Tellarite and 23rd Century Vulcan were two new options to TOS Starfleet that I noticed. Yeah, and um, you can also get the TOS Bridge Crew Hollow Pack. So you can have Scotty and you can have uh, Chekhov and Sulu and McCoy, all those holograms. Yeah, yeah, I'd previously got yeah. those for my other So if you roll a TOS, and... you can have completely TOS Bridge Officers. Um, and on top of that, there was also Vulcan for Discovery Starfleet as well. That wasn't actually in there either. But they don't do the Vulcan um, alone. So that was the new one. Which is very disappointing. <laughs> I want I want that as a move on a ship, the Vulcan alone. <laughs> so, yeah, so there were some extra species. So, and of course, one of the reasons why I decided to create multiple characters was i would like to have one of every one so if i wanted to try something then i could just go and do it so um yeah i've created new ones of those at the moment most of them have just started um so they're still level zero so i'll start those ones up properly but um so yeah i was going through and um, then I was checking my spreadsheet, so I was lacking on sort of science officers, so I created a lot of science, and I was also um, equaling out the representation as well, because I'd got a noticed more males than females, so I've now got 23 males and 23 females on my main account. There's a joke there, but I'm not doing it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Hasty Vardy special events before we move away from <laughs> Steve's orgy party. Um, <laughs> I, I was, was going to add something as well, but yeah, I feel uncomfortable now. I don't know why. So the special event gave us the Red Angel suit, which was uh, an account unlock. Um, we also got progress rewards. Um, there was a buyout option, which was, I think, 6,000 zen if you bought it out from day one which lowered by 300 Zen per day. And this Red Angel suit is immensely popular. Yeah. The amount of people who use it on the ground is, is it's, it's huge. I still haven't played with it. I put it on in ESD once, but I use all my other stuff so often that I haven't had a chance just to play it and see what it does. Unfortunately, it has a timer lockout on it, so you can't use it continuously. But um, it's my new favorite method of traveling large maps. Just switch to the uh, the Red Angel. It's even slightly faster than the Frosted Boots. Yeah, exactly. And you can and navigate we, we much actually, easier. Um, in the last episode, talked about it. And I was telling Kale that from an RP aspect, I wish that they could, like, allow us to use this on Ryza. And, like, instead of a floater device, and instead of having it time out at that, that mark there, like having it enabled for a longer period of time on a map like Ryza or the Colony. Yeah, that'd be cool. But just to be able to fly on the Colony would be nice. It's, it's good when you're leaving up a tune and all because obviously as you start out the week because you haven't got the gear so they die a lot so if you put the red angel suit on them um, and they die they just get revived 
yeah. so it's it's good for that as well when you're progressing upwards. Definitely, it's one of my favorite uh, items you can earn in the game. So um, the Klingon faction revamp, uh, as we've said, include a lot of map challenges like Klingon and so on. But they also revamped the ship models. Um, so the Katinga Battlecruiser, the D7, the, the Vulture, the Negbar, and the Burrell Bird of Prey. So what do you guys think of the basic skin changes? Well, once again, Thomas knocked some of these out of the park right off the bat. The, the quality just keeps going up. But what I love most of all, you don't have yes. to rebuy the ships. I haven't actually looked too much at the new skins for the Klingon side myself. Um, but I, apart from the images that I saw on the posts... What was even interesting is that the Romulans uh, got a slight update with the Ken Cruiser, the original D7s that were traded, if you believe the original lore, for uh, uh, with the Klingons. They gave the Klingons the cloaking device, and they got warp drive out of the deal. But uh, you can see them in uh, a couple of the early uh, 23rd century missions. Yeah. Um, the the Nekvar is actually my favorite Klingon ship. So when it got the uh, when it got a bit of love, I thought, oh yeah, that was really happy. I went, I flew straight to the Kronos shipyard and um, changed the skin on it because it is the new look is absolutely brilliant. I like the I like the bird of prey, um, but the bird of prey is more if you attack, and most of my characters, as I've said before, tend to be engineers. Um, but obviously, if you're attacked, the bird of prey is brilliant because it's very, very nimble. It's got a battle cloak and so on and so forth. But yeah, I do love the Negbar. Um, so we also got on June 30th, 2020, we got the 20th anniversary cryptic celebration pack. This was a nice gift, I have to admit. Uh, unexpected, and uh, I use a lot of the materials. Uh, the platinum vanity shields look great on just about any ship you put them on. Um, uh, the sniper rifle's not bad either. Yeah, the, I've got the vanity, I've got the platinum shield on my um, vengeance, on my vengeance class, and it does look really good on that. Yeah, I also. I still prefer, I still prefer the Borg vanity shield over the platinum one. It is, yeah. nice, it and the little, like you know, having a, having a platinum pet, that's kind of nice. I, I will admit that I I also enjoy the vanity shield, the platinum one. I use it on a lot of my ships. Um, I had a moment where I activated the uh, the pet, and I was like, "Why is it silver?" And then I realized, "Oh yeah, it was part of the celebration pack." What's he been doing to make himself look silver? But now, I, apart from when I tested out the platinum vanity shield, I've not actually used any of the other items. This I saw about yeah. a quick play the, with the them, sniper rifles. It's okay. It's not brilliant, but it's it's okay. If if you're if you're leveling up, because um, it, it's it, it has no rank on it, so it levels up with you. So it's it's good for that part point of view until you can get end game, and then obviously you can specialise in what you want, or do what me and Dave do and get a local store and buy your stuff that kills everything. <laughs> <laughs> I use the sniper rifle, um, the variant one, the TR-116B, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that I tend to use. So we also got the lower decks officers. Has anyone actually equipped a lower decks officer? Equipped? No. Claimed? Yes. Yeah. 
acclaimed, yes. Uh, equipped, no. Uh, I, I'm still very dodgy when it comes to using my uh, my uh, duty officers. Uh, I like certain builds, certain ways, but uh, um, I don't know if anybody has reported on how effective they are. What about you, John? Uh, I claim them, but I haven't set them. And and I think they what they released them. And then they re-release them with an update to their visuals to make them more in line with, uh, with the uh, the show. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I made. I climbed them, and I didn't even look what I did. I just <laughs> just climbed them. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I'm climbing that just in case it disappears. I might need it later on another two, but at the moment, no, I don't need it. So. Sadly, they couldn't be claimed by Klingon officers, but uh, they would have immediately yes. been sent for execution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Can you climb on... I haven't even tried. I haven't looked. Can you climb on your Romulans? I suppose you can if the Federation aligned, can't you? I'd, I'd... I would imagine if they're fed aligned, they would. Yeah, fed aligned, yes. But, um, yeah, any Klingon characters and that couldn't. Well, they are Starfleet officers, so you wouldn't want to be climbing them on the Klingons. So. Yeah. So, lot boxes. We had the Baol. Baol. Um, Baol, that's, that's the fella. Baol. <laughs> um, I didn't actually open any of these boxes, so I can't talk about this one. So, did any of you? I did open a few uh, lock boxes, nowhere near the quantity I used to do. So I think I may have opened 20. Um, I'm not a fan of the ship or the console, the Ba'ul Science Intel Spearhead. It just, it looked cool um, in, in, in Discovery, um, but it just seems out of place. It's too large. I, it just doesn't work for me. But what I do like about them is the anti-proton beams that chain that was kind of cool um but i really 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 love the baul um vanity shield i've got it on two of my ships now i, I love the dark look so how dark is dark well if you've got an hour um i i, I guess <laughs> it's not quite vanta black where it disappears against the background um and i think uh, thomas may have made a comment in one of his where i saw it in twitter somewhere where it's actually you know, a very dark green or dark blue in some instances, but it really tones down the exterior of your ship. The details are blacks and dark grays, and the highlight is... Uh, so, you, have you got a Vengeance class, Dave? I do, sir. Yeah. Have I put it on no. my Vengeance yet? No, I haven't. Because, because the Vengeance is dark <laughs> anyway. It's, if, on one of the sections, you can have the Vengeance really dark. So it'll be interesting to see what that shield yeah. does when you've yeah. already got the Vengeance on dark settings. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious as well. I know it overloads, or I should say, overwrites your local settings for um, colors that you might have used with the patterns. But it, uh, any ship that I've put it on so far, I've fallen in love with immediately. Cool. I might have to have a smooch around the exchange. Um, we did the carriers last week with Kyle. So we'll jump to um, the Ryzen Weather Control Vessel from this week's this year's summer events. Um, I've, I've seen these in game and some people seem to really enjoy using them. I don't normally play Psy, so I haven't, I've, I've got it obviously, and I created a Psy character for it, um, but I haven't really used it. So has, has anyone played with this ship a lot? 
Um, I haven't played with the ship a lot, but I actually didn't like the ship when it was first announced, and I might have caused a little bit of a disturbance about it because <laughs> uh, I was just to me it was just like I get it they put a lot of effort into it and I'm not bashing their effort uh, but it to me it just seemed like the exact same design as the as the previous generation of summer ships it just seemed like they kept recycling that kind of same design and I it just when I was grinding for it I just I was like yeah this is a ship I'm just gonna get I'm gonna file away and then I got it, and I did exactly that. I filed it away, and then it came back to it probably a week later, and I started playing with the colors. And I changed the, the ship color to black and added red accents, and that's when I was like, oh, that's a sexy ship. I have played with it as well. Um, I'm not a fan either of the Rising style of ship. Um, to me, it's not true star trek but okay i'll I, it's a free ship so i'll grind it out and I'll, I'll get it i have never been a real fan of the rising ships playing them in game but um this is one of those moments where you the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club because the moment you do they're going to change something but the uh, rising weather control vessel comes with a, a universal neutronic eddy generator i don't care who you are in the game um if you use it it strips the shields of large groups of fighters or uh, cruisers, heavy cruisers, whatever. When you use it in game, it literally allows you to mow through your, your, your competition. It's probably one of the most powerful free uh, consoles in the game. See, there's a reason I listen to you because I never even knew that. Yeah, I'm not thinking I'm going <laughs> to level that tune up. <laughs> you, you don't even need to level the tune. Just open up the ship, grab the console, delete the ship, <laughs> and move on. The console is fantastic. I haven't even unboxed the ship on any character well, on yet. on any one of your 58? No, it's just sitting in my <laughs> inventory on my primary character that I ran it the event on. <laughs> this is one of those things I, I had to learn not to download everything that's free. Because um, you don't need to. In the case of, of the ships you've earned in the game or purchased other than Lobby or Fleet Ships, you can get them again at any time. Well, my issue is that I've actually run out of ships space on my primary character. So, and I can't even buy extra ones because I've maxed it out. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm now thinking now, because of what John just said about the fact they look sexy in black and red. I'm now wondering what that ship would look like with the uh, vanity shield on. <laughs> oh yeah, but the, uh, and again, haven't tried that yet. Um, I did try all of the uh, baseball uh, vanity shields that I picked up the previous season, and um, there were a couple of good ones that looked pretty damn interesting. Yeah, I've got, I've got the actual shield I've got on mine is um, the Danubian shield, um, and it does look good in that, which is green, predominantly green. It does look good in them colours. I've got to admit. And I do like the um, the gold shield on my um, Romulan attack skimitar. It looks really good in gold. <laughs> gold shield? Is yeah, the vanished shield. Mark? Turns your ship gold. Um, it's the uh, Ferengi vanity shield. Oh, okay. My Ferengi vanity shield turns everything red. Uh, I don't see gold, unfortunately. I do have the 
I do have the Latinum one. No. That's not a vanity. I'll have to look at what it is, but it basically turns your ship gold. Um, I'll drop your finger in WhatsApp about it afterwards. So, um, Thank you. basically, the last thing that we've got is the Inquiry Class Battle Cruiser, which is from Picard, which was in the last ever episode of Picard when the, the two huge fleets are facing off against each other. What I'm can gonna... be said about this <laughs> without going down a rabbit hole? Yeah, this is um, the method in which they've added this ship to the game and kind of violates how they've offered ships in the past. Um, I'm not a fan of the way they released this ship, so I'm not a very positive speaker towards it. And to be blunt, there are better ships already in game that you can buy for far less money. Um, the only difference is that you get this interesting skin and an unusual navigation deflector, and that's about it. So. I'll, I'll let you know how, for me, this went down and I, why I reacted the way I reacted was when they were hyping it up and then they were like had that release Twitch stream, to be honest with you, I actually thought it was the Borg artifact. So I was like getting so excited. So when they showed us that, I just locked off the stream because I was so upset. Yeah. Um, I wasn't happy about how they put the shipping game uh, basically they, they made it a gambling choice um, and bearing in mind what we now know that the UK government and the EU have ruled that lot boxes are classed as gambling um, because it's basically a lottery and the ramifications that it could have for the game going forward this trend of putting new or uh, powerful ships into lot boxes or R&D boxes. Um, I don't like it. I honestly don't like it. It used to be like you got some ships in lot boxes, you got some ships in in Lobby and so on and so forth, but you still had decent ships going into the sea store. And the sea store ships of late tend to be revamps or reskins. I would second that opinion. Um... I, I, I like structure, and if I know that they're going to introduce a one-off alien ship that you've seen in maybe two episodes, I could imagine them using it in some sort of mechanism, like a lockbox or what have you. When it's, um, when it's a hero ship of something that, in theory, you're going to see a lot of, or in the case of the episode, they made a lot of them, um, it should really go in the Z-Store. Even if it's just a reskin, it should just go in the Z-Store. Um, as a way of driving um, larger amounts of revenue, a.k.a., let's just say, the Discovery, which showed up in a lockbox as opposed to the uh, Z-Store, um, I think they're missing an opportunity to build audiences. Although I think we're going to get into a little more detail in just a moment as to why they're doing this. Yeah. Um, there's a trend where, and the feedback from the social media and in-game chat and so on and so forth is basically it's it's all a money grab so, um, of late in Star Trek Online and a lot of people are resenting it especially at this time where people are losing their jobs some people are, a lot of people are on furlough and I know it's a free-to-play game I know they have to make money but if you alienate your player base then you alienate the people who are actually going to buy these ships the yeah, I, I can go ahead 
the difference with Star Trek Online is you do have a way to just spend time in game in order to get the things that you want from the stores, even if it's to unlock lock boxes. Whereas with other games, you flat out just have to pay out money. At least with Star Trek Online, you do have that way to actually do it where you just got to spend a load of time in game in order to get anything that you want. And while I agree that, you know, this is a business, they have to make a certain amount of money to survive and continue performing. I think that they could solve a lot of their problems if the ships that are available only through lockboxes, as an example, the inquiry class, if they put it as an inflated price in the Z store and still maintain it as a lockbox reward, it gives players the opportunity of buying it directly without paying several hundred dollars to be able to to get that particular starship. But then that's what they have been doing with like Mud Store, and um, they also do it where you can get. Um... The infinity boxes so you they'll eventually add the ship in there so it will go into those places but once other people have had a chance who have paid out the money to actually get it as a sort of a premium perk sort of thing so they have actually been good and added these things to get again in game in different ways yeah i don't I can see both sides of the point of view because obviously they've got wages to pay and so on and so forth. But I think they need to spread it out a bit more because, you know, not everyone can afford to buy the light boxes and the R&D boxes and stuff like that. Um, and it was it did used to be spread out a bit better than what it is at the moment. Um, I personally don't do the lot boxes I've done it a few times, um, and every time I do it, I end up with trash, basically. I end up with like 10,000 CXP points and stuff like that, so I don't really have much luck with my boxes. In, in the, I'll say in the last two years in particular, um, I stopped using the gambling component of the lockbox and went and purchased keys and upgrade modules and stuff and resold those on the exchange to buy what I want. And in most cases, I can spend half the amount of money I would have done gambling to get a ship um, and just paid EC for it. But the problem is, is that, and I'm speculating here, I don't have any evidence to back this up. I believe there are fewer people playing the game, so there are fewer ships coming available on the exchange and as a result the prices are automatically way too high yeah i can see that uh, right now i i have just over 1 billion ec saved for a specific ship if they ever launch it well share what's the ship the borg artifact <laughs> oh yeah i'm there as well if if they if they introduced playable borg ships at some point in the future and i'll bet you that will be this coming year. <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, I, I'll drop some serious dollars to be able to get those ships because that's something I've wanted since I first started playing. Um, but having spent as much as $400 to get a ship in the past, and that was the, um, uh, the first Wells class when it came out uh, eight years ago, seven years ago, um, I won't do that now. It's just not... I can't afford something like that for every ship. Yeah, exactly. What I find interesting, though, is this is the first time the community actually kind of um, 
I'll call it struck back uh, with their kit bashed inquiry. I thought that was very interesting. I completely agree. And it's a better performing ship. <laughs> so if, if Cryptic can't do lot boxes in the UK and the EU, where do you think they'll go? I think what they're uh, part of it is what they've been testing so far with MUD's market. Bear with me for a second. Um, they see the writing on the wall, um, particularly because there's pending legislation in California, legislation in Canada. Um, the UK is another place, or I should say EU is where uh, legislation has been passed. Um, it's only a matter of time before someone legislates this as actual gambling. This would be a huge problem in California for the company because the minimum age requirements for someone to, to participate in a game would go from, in this case, 16 up to 21. And it curtails the potential audience, particularly when um, Star Trek is seen as being resurgent in other media. Um, so I suspect that the mud store process has a couple of different requirements to it, but it's enabling them to start setting the, um, the idea that you're going to be paying more for starships out of the Z store over time. And as a uh, ship collector, or pixel addiction, depending on what you think of it. Um, I'm okay with that. I would like, I could see them raising the prices on Z store ships over time, but so that they could eliminate the need of doing these random uh, lottery based systems. What do you think, Stick? Well, the issue is, is what the small print actually says is class, because what you'll find with most of these games is there'll be a way to keep lockboxes, but it won't be classed as gambling. There'll be a way to get that gone and got through all the different things. Um, the market is just, it's in use in far too many places, and you can guarantee there'll be some clause that they'll be able to go, oh, we can just do this. So I, I would imagine so. Even yeah. if it's more some guaranteed thing in there so it's just like okay when you unlock it you're guaranteed so many tokens that you could use to get the ship if you don't get it so that way it's less R&D on whether or not you ever will get it sort of thing I like that idea um, I, I, I do see them eventually getting rid of a fully random mechanic on it um, but if they were to offer the same ship for sale in the Z store for another price, they could still have it in the lockbox as, as a giveaway. And it would invalidate the, the legal issue around lockboxes as a whole. Yeah, so there's going to be multiple ways that gaming companies can get around these things. But with MUDS Market and other things that they're doing, it's, they are obviously having a look to see what other things could possibly work as these things are sort of materializing more. I, I do admit I like the new bundles that they've created recently. Um, uh, get a, an updated to lists and a 65 level character Romulan while it doesn't necessarily appeal to the long-term players it will definitely appeal to new people joining the game for the very first time so I see them reaching out and trying to do different ways to make these ships available yeah the other problem they've got is is, a, is an obvious problem is they have to make money in order to survive 
um, but people are only prepared to spend so much money. Um, so their problem that they've got is they need to find a way to continually generate a revenue source without alienating the player group. And Star Trek fans, as a rule, um, too poor with a lot, you know, in, in, in our franchise in various shapes and forms. But you've only got to look now in-game. And you warp into ESD, you warp into Romulus, and so on and so forth. The amount of carriers that is parked around both them at the moment is unbelievable. So all these people who are saying, oh, they bought these carriers out, why have they bought this out, we don't need this, blah, blah, blah. But then another load of people went, well, I like that, I'm buying that. And while I was, uh, in the last episode, I certainly talked about with some negativity, the fact that the new carriers aren't really that spectacular of a new ship. Um, there are better ships in game. I will admit that the mechanics on the visuals, the hangers, is is spectacular. Now you can actually see your fighters working together in some form or another. Um, there's a visual aspect to it. So for some of us, and yeah, particularly those people who are into uh, the uh, the true end game, Space Barbie. Um, the look is the important thing, and the new uh, Romulan carrier is growing on me, even with its beak. Nah, I still can't get past the beak, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like a giant can opener. Come on, I almost expect it to dematerialize behind you and slice your ship in half. Yeah, I, I, yeah. the Jemadar one I like, I, I just can't get past the beak on the Romulan one, I'm sorry. Um, so what do you think about... Um, what's coming down the pipeline in regards to what we spoke about last week with Carl um, and the, the fact that there might be changing the summer winter events so people don't get stale. Well, I, I, I like the fact that they've made the events easier to complete. As I said, I've never been a fan of the Ryzean ships, primarily because I hated the way you had to earn the ship itself. I have trouble flying in three dimensions. The, that, that, that never really appealed to me, as opposed to a very easy skating game in the winter. Um, but the fact that they've added more ways to earn the ships, kudos. I think that's spectacular. Um, but I do believe they need to update how we earn them, like make the races different, add new obstacles, that sort of thing. It's funny because I have actually always enjoyed doing the flying event. That one I've always enjoyed doing. Um, but it has been nice. There's been a couple of times where this time I've been trying to, this year, is to also try and do more of my accolades, especially on my primary character. And one of the accolades that I hadn't yet got was on Riser, which is um, going to the Ferengi and finding all the things. And of course, it's completely random which one you get. So I was only a few away from getting that this year. Um, so I, this time, rather than having to do the flying and go do the Ferengi thing, it meant I could just go do the Ferengi thing, hopefully get an accolade and um, get my point as well for the daily. It also helps. I, I love the, the, the hoverboard races. I, I'm, I'm addicted to it. I, I, and, and, and like everybody else, I have shortcuts and cheats that I use to, to come up on top. Yeah, but it's, it, it, it's fun, you know, and uh, in it's nobody's shooting, nobody's dying. Um, and it's just fun, uh, particularly if you ended up on a very uh, crowded beach. 
Yeah. The funny thing is, um, recently I played that for the first time and I actually glitched out accidentally. I don't know how it happened. So I ended up being able to run the entire race. And I don't know how this happened. I've I've still got second place. I got second place, even though I was the last person to cross the line. Hang on. You got second place running. Yes. And I was the last person to cross the line. The glitch is where you technically your skateboard, your hoverboard doesn't materialize. So it's got you still running over the water, but as fast as the skate, uh, the keep saying skateboard, the hoverboard would go. It doesn't happen very often. Um, and I've never actually had it happen to me. I've had it occasionally where I've jumped so far and it's gone over ground that my hoverboards disappeared. <laughs> and I've then landed and had to get my hoverboard reactivated um but no i haven't actually personally had that i have heard of it oh okay new one on me um (laughs) so finally the um, final item we're going to bring up is the latest thing they've added to the game which is basically you can drop some zen and rank up really quick i think it's a good option for new players if they want to do it i think it's overpriced for what you get um ranking your reputations so i've completed reputations now on 21 characters with all of the reputations maxed out the the trip from one to five is you know you can do it in under a couple of weeks it's so simple it's just daily doing something and you're complete it's not not that hard to complete and on my most current characters i'm doing all 12 reputations simultaneously so that's a lot of marks. It's a lot of cost to do it. Um, if they allowed you to go right to top of tier six, that would have justified it because the, the toughest slog in doing reputations is that last five to six range because it's double of everything from every previous um, reputation combined to be able to do it. The fact that it's 3,000 Zen for only one reputation, ouch. One thing. That's, that just... One thing I haven't yet checked is that when your reputation halves, when you've unlocked it from one character, is whether that 3,000 actually goes to 1,500. I haven't wanted to try it, to be honest. Um, I somehow doubt you will get that extra bonus. The, the reputation bonus is really for those people who are leveling their character, like who are going through the process. Because it's, it's, it's um, 5,000 per go that you that you get and you have to get to 250,000 to get the max on the reputation system so if, if you say it's 5,000 per one that's that's what two months round about two months 5,000 if you do it every like 50 days so if you one of these people who like I can't, I can't log in after days when I want it. Then, and you, you can afford to do this, and then fine. But like, but like Dave, sure. it's, it's, it's literally just under two months if you do it every day. Yeah, the thing is, is as with anything, it, all they've done is like they have with most of it is, if you've got the money, you can pay to skip that. If you don't have the money, then you can spend time in game and still unlock it yeah so all they've done is they've added it to another area of the game yeah it, i mean 
basically now if, if you if you've got the money yeah and you can drop the money you can get your Romulan ranked up really quick and you can get your reputation done on that Romulan really quick so you drop a load of Zen and your Romulan's basically all but done very true, but they, very true. They can... and, and I, I was just going to say that that I think will appeal to pe- for, to new players coming into the game um, but people who've played the game in the past, uh, I think a lot of them will still go the reputation route as a daily activity. Yeah, I will. Because yeah, you but it's also for... <laughs> yeah, but it's also for people who say they really hate combating um, the Vardois on the Delta, so they just really don't want to have to go through that again on another character. So instead, they'll skip that for the delta so they may pay out for one of the things while they then work through the other ones so it allows people who may not like a certain part of the game to skip those areas of the reputation yeah i don't like fighting the vardwar (laughs) yeah the vardwar can be a major pain in the yeah (laughs) um i I fully admit that yeah i i have found though that it is possible to level your your character on all the reputations without necessarily doing the associated missions to, to get the marks to do it. Um, it, Some of my more recent uh, alts never really played any of the missions. Uh, It was just going through the um, through the RTFO system and getting random marks was good enough to be able to give me what I needed to raise those characters. Or even on most events, you tend to get random marks that you can claim. So, for example, at the moment, the current event, you can claim any marks from any reputation system. So you can get that. And, of course, the first time you run it, you get bonus marks as well. Yeah, that, that's what I was exactly. start, at the start yeah. of the, this episode. That's what I've been doing. I'm working on my ball character to get them all the way up, and I'm, I'm running the events every day. Because, like we said, if if you've got a team in it that knows what they're doing, you can do that mission really quickly, you know. And then you've got what what marks do you need? And because the whole they're all there, every solitary one of them is there. Just pick which one you need. And if you can't do that, you can do. There's various missions where you you go and do uh, one mission and you get 35 marks of your choice, and it's it's 30 marks a day. Anyway, so you just do that once a day. Um, and don't forget, if you actually have been around long enough and you have actually got all the different types of recruits, well, if you've got every one of those unlocks, as soon as you get to level 20, you'll be surprised how much dilithium and marks you can get out of claiming the rewards from doing all those unlocks. Exactly. They're extremely generous with the marks. And although the equipment and stuff may not be usable or something you want, uh, it's, it's a load of EC if you need it. Um, I Some of it's not so spice, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll just point out, by the way, folks, um, we haven't, John's not um, having trouble communicating tonight because his headset's playing up. So that's why he's not as talkative as normally he is. So it's not that we're cutting him off. <laughs> Well, there's also that side as well. Yeah, but we weren't going to say that openly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's um, I notice when I don't talk, it doesn't beep. But the minute I start talking, it's acting like the battery is draining. And I'm like, but you're plugged in. <laughs> uh, it's the timer from one of the bombs just to make your ship explode. 
Yeah, I guess it's nope. trying to tell me to buy a new headset, <laughs> and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, these Borg nanots aren't working. So, anything anyone else wants to raise before we wrap up? Nope, I'm good for this week. Okay. Well, as I say, folks, Tom hopefully will be back with us next week uh, when he gets his um, voice back in order. Hopefully by that time and all, um, John will have got the nanites out of his headset so he can talk to us. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at C-O-L-M-H-01. And you can follow me, Stowe Admiral Aaron, on Twitter at Stowe Admiral Aaron. And you can also find me on Instagram at the same handle as well. You can follow me at Loot Critter on Twitter, or if you feel nostalgic, you can read my archived reviews on LootCritter.com. You can follow me at, at MidnightShadow7, that's night spelt N-I-T-E, and the number 7 on all the social networks. And you can also follow us as a podcast at So Starbase one that's the number 1, and that's on all the social networks as well. Or you can email us, stowstarbase1 at gmail.com. So until next week, folks, thanks for listening, downloading, streaming, however you chose to listen to us. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks very much. Log. I have informed the staff we have departed from Starbase One. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It's too much effort and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a shift to take over. <laughs> he had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny. <laughs> because exactly. that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talospor. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Sweet preview program for... Starpod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future.
So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were were a nice balance between science fiction and real world science. And that was cool because the, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science, and a lot of, and I mean all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans, and and they they probably even said that that they got into to science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Hollow Suite preview program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but it could, yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to okay, know. Just some bit of self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And <laughs> Somebody wants them. <laughs> because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.